0: It is the Toronto Star's baseball columnist and contributor right here on TSN 1050,
1: Richard Griffin, our Griffin Star. What's happening, Griff? Hey, Wheels, I still have this mental image of my in my head of you spraying balls into the gallery like 30 times in a round. Oh, dude,
0: I, like honestly.
1: I, you, you'd have to bring a bag full of golf gloves to sign and give to the fans. You know?
0: I think what I try to do, just I wouldn't take out the driver. I just have to use iron off every tee just to, for their own safety. That's it.
1: Yeah. Anyway, the trade deadline, I, it used to be June 15th. June 15th was a trade deadline, and when it was two separate entities, American and National League, that was the only reason I could see for uh, two trade deadlines. They moved it back so they'd have more time to see if they were in a race or whatever. I understand that. But I'm with you on uh, you only need one deadline. I mean, it's basically one major league right now with interleague play and all that stuff, and and I think just one one – trade deadline would be uh, would clean things up for them. Right.
0: I I think it hurts the product, to be fair, Rich, because it allows teams that, okay, mid-August, they're like, wow, we really don't have a chance, and they further bail. So then when September baseball comes, all you're watching is glorified minor league baseball. You're seeing a bunch of call-ups for all these teams, and it's hard to get a proper read. I'll call it the Marco Estrada uh, syndrome, because last year, Estrada stunk they couldn't trade him at the trade deadline because he had no value. Then late the year when he was playing inferior opposition, he goes and lights it up, providing false hope that he was going to be able to do anything decent this year.
1: Yeah, and the thing that you point out about expanded rosters in September is back in the day when there was only one league champion going to the World Series, they needed something. They needed all those also-ran teams to be able to, to showcase their kids and to see if they would be able to help next year. And now with, with wild card races going on or whatever it really is an imbalance and, and unfair and uh, you know there's a lot of rules in baseball that need to be changed and and you've pointed out a couple of them
0: thank you thank i'm glad that i'm not alone on this island that i sometimes find myself on rich um how busy do you expect the blue jays to be between now and next week
1: I think there's a, you know, the J Hap move is the biggest one, but there's some, uh, there's some clearing the decks moves that they could do. I think Curtis Granderson is going to be a definite, uh, exit stage left with, uh, clearing room for uh, some of the young outfielders to come in and, and show what they've got. I mean, I, I could see Anthony Alford if he ups his game a little bit, uh, being added if Granderson is gone. Dwight Smith Jr. needs some more playing time and he can get it. He's a left-handed batter like Granderson. Um, I could see uh, O being traded as a relief, um, pretty much the most valuable middle relief piece that the Jays have. I could see him going to maybe the Mariners or the Dodgers. They have a history, strong history with Asian players who enjoy playing in those environments, and he he can be effective for a team in the seventh, eighth inning.
0: Okay, I have a hard time getting excited about this Blue Jays trade deadline because we're coming from a place where just a couple short years ago Blue Jays were buyers. I mean, when typically the Jays have sold on roster players, so like a J-Hap or an O or whoever you want to pick, typically the return has failed to kind of launch, right? Like, it's easy to get excited about prospects, but actually seeing guys who come through and are able to contribute at a decent level at some point, they have been few and far between. So why should Blue Jays fans be excited about this trade deadline?
1: Well, I mean, you looked at the Astros, who are uh, the analytic kings of baseball right now, and they uh, took Francisco Liriano because they needed a lefty uh, bullpen pitcher for a pennant run. To they thought he'd be a valuable piece in October, and they threw in Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, every trade might, has the possibility of a gem. That's and what they didn't like about Teoscar is probably his defense, um, but you know there's a guy that has witnessed it last back. night right has <laughs> witnessed last night yeah but uh i mean there's always a chance that there'll be a gem thrown in there and and to me the blue jays upper farm system the triple a wa have enough prospects that in 2020 by 2020 they're going to be self sustaining they'll be they'll have restocked themselves so to me the one rebuilding year is 2019 they could go young they could uh, give away the season they could draw under 2 million fans, and then identify the areas where they need to shore up with expensive pieces, expensive free agents or trades. And I think that's going to be the game plan for them. So what they get back for J. Happ is, is almost incidental in terms of stock, restocking the upper levels when they bring some of their kids up. So
0: for a 35-year-old pitcher in J. Happ, you're saying that Blue Jays fans shouldn't be all that excited about what the return may be.
1: No, no, because anybody who gets him, anybody who gets Jay Happ, it's definitely a rental. He's 35 years old. It's not like you're getting him and trying to sign him for a four-year deal or a five-year deal. Um, So what they get back in return, there might be one AAA prospect with a chance to be a major leaguer, and there might be salary um, to balance. It depends on which team gets him salary to balance with a major league player, but it'll be also, um, you know, A useful player but not great
0: Okay, Richard Griffin joining us here on Toronto Today I'm Wheels at our Griffin star And of course, the great Toronto star Um, I'm not excited about players like Well, not really about Hap to be honest with you, Griff Um, Granderson, Clippard I mean, okay, see you later, no problem But I could get interested in this trade deadline If some other names get dealt Let's go through a little bit of a list And let's start off with Marcus Stroman any chance that Stroman could be moved here?
1: Uh no chance that he'll be moved here. Um he would be more valuable in the off season if he continues his resurgence after the um uh, the uh, quote quotation injury that he had. Um he could he'd be more valuable in the off season. Um I say no chance that that he's dealt at all. Intr- I'm, I get- I wonder what the Blue Jays mindset is about
0: Stroman. It's one thing um to deal with the persona, and you're willing to do that if the pitcher is that great. But what's the read on how good Marcus Stroman actually is?
1: Well, that's the, good, that's the question, because there's a lot of pitchers that by his age, by 27 years old, have proven more than he has. And, you know, he was MVP of uh, the World Baseball Classic. Uh, he looked like he was going to be uh, one of the great emerging young pitchers. Uh, but he hasn't done it. He hasn't fulfilled any of that promise. And uh, it's getting to the point where maybe somebody else will value him more than the contributions that he would be able to make to the Blue Jays moving forward. And that's what they have to investigate in the off season, leading up to the winter meetings. And, and if 2019 is going to be a write-off, it might be the time to do it. Right. I mean, do you trust him, Griff? Because
0: I know the height doesn't measure heart-type mantra, but... I just don't know if I trust that body type over the long term being an elite front-of-the-rotation type starting pitcher. I'm sure he could have a really good career. I'm I'm not kind of trying to belittle him that way. But if you look at the specs and look at where this team is right now, perhaps from a competitive point of view, nothing to do with personality, but from a competitive point of view, perhaps it makes sense to recoup what you can on that asset and try to turn that into maybe something
1: else. And the point there is that there are teams that say hey my pitching coach there are organizations that say hey my pitching coach can work with this guy they're obviously doing something wrong because this guy looks like he has the ability to be a front of the rotation guy and that's the type of organization you have to line up in the off season and see how much you can get for them but if you don't if you can't get uh you know something better than Marcus Stroman moving forward which i see as a solid three starter as he uh sort of has a healthy season and moves forward um i see aaron sanchez a healthy aaron sanchez if he ever is in in that position uh being a more valuable front end of the rotation guy so totally with you find a team that that sees something in stroman that he hasn't presented yet and then see what you can get for him
0: okay how about um a roberto asuna are they looking to move
1: roberto I don't think, but I don't think. I think he's another asset that uh, they would be more interested in moving um, in the off season. Uh, he's got plenty of years of control. I know that the perception is, but look at the look at the guy in Milwaukee who tweeted uh, racist stuff as a teenager. How is he get a g-
0: standing ovation? Got like a I, standing
1: ovation. Do you That's think Blue ridiculous. Jays
0: fans would give Asuna a standing ovation? I hope not. I'd be I mortified.
1: I certainly hope not because this city uh and canadians are are known for more being more socially aware than that and it would be very disappointing if if that does happen. I just I
0: I can't even stomach thinking about Asuna coming back this year, Griff. I I don't know if it's the right move to peddle him right now because you're taking pennies on the dollar, right? But yeah. clearly there is something there. To what degree we don't know, and I'm just really uncomfortable about this entire scenario. I don't know what that roadmap looks like on how to deal with
1: Asuna. Yeah, I, I'd be more uncomfortable um, <clears throat> if. I think what they'll do is wait for the eventual outcome of his court proceedings, of his legal proceedings, and I'd be very uncomfortable if it turned out that he was 100 percent guilty of something um, really, really bad, and they kept him, than if they kept him while the court case was pending, and then uh, allowed him to pitch, and then waited for the ultimate result. Interesting.
0: Obviously, Josh Donaldson—it's all to do with health when it comes to him. Others have brought up the name Justin Smoke. They've hit me up. At Wheeler TSM brought his name up. Could he be traded?
1: Well, I think that uh, Smoke has a couple of option years, which would be reasonable. There are teams that need first basemen that are in the pennant race that are in contention. But to me, uh, you know, if it was somebody else than Justin Smoke, then. Uh, Jan-Hervis Solarte would have 48 errors by now. So, you know, (laughs) if you want want to have this whole infield fall apart, then go ahead and trade him. But otherwise, I think that uh, he'd be an asset to trade again. And and I'm a big offseason guy, but he'd be an asset to trade. For instance, if Donaldson decided to spend one more year here, and they wanted to bring uh Vlad Guerrero up, and one of them had to play first base. Right. I think that that would be a time, but that that moment hasn't arrived yet
0: but you you can go out and get a plug or a temporary first baseman in the off season if you have to right like it's
1: well i, I mean uh, the Red Sox went on mitch Moreland, but you know people people downplay the importance of first base, but like I said you know you'd have. You'd have guys like Salarte and you'd have Devin Travis. You watch the balls that he picks out of the dirt and it's not as easy as people think in terms of transitioning or finding a first baseman that can do the job. And, and I don't think there's any reason at this point, uh, it's not salary, salary related to trade, uh, Justin Smoke because again, you'd be getting back a prospect or whatever, but. I don't think it's worth it right now because they're not against the wall money-wise.
0: Sure. Uh, Any other
1: surprises that could play out, Griff? Or is that about it? I think Salarte might be a candidate. If somebody, if a National League team wants a switch hitter with some power and uh, that can play multiple positions, that's that's an ideal bench player, somebody that can fill in a long run for an injury. And uh, I think that there might be a surprise there because Lourdes Scurriel has been so versatile and so good. Um, and and shows so much of a ceiling.
0: All right, Griff. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. I'm going on vacation, but you have to endure this never-ending summer <laughs> of mediocre at best Blue Jays baseball. Hang in there. Uh, there will be something to talk about between now and the non-waiver trade deadline. I'm very sure of that.
1: The summer of glove. The yeah.
0: summer of glove. I glove it. So <laughs> hey,
1: hey All right, we'll have a good time. Thanks,
0: Rich. Appreciate it. Our Griffin star. Uh, On Twitter, great columnist, Blue Jays columnist, Toronto star and contributor right here on TSN 1050.